Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. The Lord be with you, Tulare Community Church. My name is Ryan. I'm one of the pastors here at TCC. It is an honor and a privilege to join you, even if via video. Our entire staff is so thankful for your continued graciousness and flexibility as we continue to navigate through the repercussions of COVID. If this is your first time tuning in or even your first time watching church and you're trying to figure out what church and the Christian faith are all about, we are so glad and grateful that you are here and that you have decided to join us. If you have any questions about anything at all, Please get in touch with us via our website. There are a lot of different ways to connect on there. And while we might not have all the answers to all of the questions that you might have, we would be delighted to be able to have a conversation with you. This morning and today, we are continuing in our sermon series that is looking at the book of the Psalms. The Psalms are essentially the prayer book for the entire Bible and are as varied in content and theme as they are in length. Two weeks ago, Mario pointed us to Psalm 1, and he helped show us that when we return to Scripture day and night, when we meditate on the Lord's law, we delight in Scripture more and more and discover a deeper sense of joy in the Bible. Last week, Shane walked us through Psalm 19 and 119. He highlighted the perfection of God's word and the emotional, intimate relationship that the psalmist has with the Bible. Shane encouraged all of us to follow along with the teaching team as we continue to look at what God is saying to us through the Psalms. We hope and encourage you to be able to follow along with us week by week as we continue to work through the prayer book of the Bible. Today, we're going to continue looking at the central importance of Scripture in our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ, and we're going to do that by looking at Psalm 29. In Psalm 29, we're going to realize... That when God speaks, stuff happens. So listen now, if you would, to the word of the Lord as he speaks to us through Psalm 29. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon leap like a calf, Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. 
The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forests bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Again, this is Psalm 29. When God speaks, stuff happens. Today, we're going to focus on the Lord's voice. We're going to look at the way that the Lord's voice is frightening, the way that it's destructive, and the way that it's transformational. All right, so we're going to look at three things. The way that the voice of the Lord is frightening, the way that it's destructive, and the way that it's transformational, and then we are out of here, I promise. All right, first point, the voice of the Lord as frightening. Many of you know this already, uh, but about four weeks ago, my wife Claire and I began a cross-country road trip. We started in Holland, Michigan, which is where we have been living for the past few years, and our trip was fantastic. But it was interesting that in all the conversations that we had with Michiganders, when we told them that we're moving west, we're going west to California, my mind was consistently blown by one kind of continual refrain that would always come up when we would tell people that we were moving from the Midwest to California. Go something like this and say, oh man, I'm sure California is beautiful, there's so much to do, but to tell you the truth, you couldn't even pay me to move out there. I would say, oh yeah, I mean, I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty expensive place. It can be a little difficult uh, to live and, and to afford to live and Oh, no, 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 no. That's not it at all. But I don't even think I would take a vacation to California. Little surprise, I would always sort of say, oh, is it, I mean, just too crowded, too many people, maybe there's too many tourists, not a good place to go on a vacation or, or what? Bro, the earthquakes. I mean, the entire state could fall into the ocean at any time. There's no way I'm going out to California. Earthquakes. Now, I'm a native Californian. I was born and raised here. And so I know that amidst wildfires, drought, high taxes, earthquakes are often pretty low on the totem pole of our daily concerns. And yet, they're terrifying to somebody from the Midwest. It's kind of like when you vacuum your house and you just have to open the closet and pull the vacuum out and your dog throws an absolute fit. We're frightened by what we do not understand and we're frightened by what we do not know. My other favorite example of this with folks from the Midwest are sharks uh, swimming in the ocean and shark attacks, but that's for another time. We are frightened by what we do not understand, 
and by what we do not know. Let me ask you, how much more on edge have we been as a society, as a culture, as it feels like the past several months, everything has been completely out of our control. It feels like that, right? Smoke is blanketing the sky, a pandemic throwing our lives and community and normalcy into disarray, protests continuing through our country. Throw all this together and you've got a a surefire recipe for uncertainty, right? And uncertainty, for honest, is frightening. I wonder if this fear around what we do not know or what we do not understand plays any kind of role in our own relationship with Scripture. As Christians, we believe that the Bible, 66 books broken up into the Old Testament and the New Testament, is written by God himself and conveys to us his word. Theologically, we call this special revelation, God revealing himself to us directly. And yet, the Bible can be one of the most daunting books that anyone, Christian or not, can pick up. And we can ask the question, well, there's 66 books and all of those have a bunch of chapters? Where do we even start? As Shane told us last week, most folks might get through Genesis. They, they say, oh, I'm just going to start at page one, right? And Then they make it through Exodus. That's kind of exciting. And and it starts maybe to peter off towards the end. And then they get through like maybe three chapters of Leviticus. And it's kind of like, wait, what? And so we can say, well, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I believe Jesus died for my sins. But man, this, this Bible stuff, it might not be for me. It might be a little over my head. And if that's where you find yourself, please know that you're not alone. I get it. We as a staff, we get it. But as your new pastor of discipleship, let me tell you that no matter how intimidating, one of the most crucial things that we can do as Christians is to read Scripture. Because it is God speaking directly to us, revealing himself to us. Friends, uncertainty about the Bible is no reason to be afraid. If you don't know where to start, please get in touch with us. And somebody from our staff would love to help point you in the right direction and begin to work with you in understanding what God is saying to us through his word. And now, while there is no reason to be afraid of the Bible because We might not understand what's going on or where to start. Psalm 29, our scripture for today, tells us that when God speaks, as he speaks to us directly in his word, there can be some cause for concern. Our second point is that the voice of the Lord is destructive. Let me synthesize a little bit what the psalmist has to say about the voice of the Lord in Psalm 29. The psalmist says, 
that the voice of the Lord is, is powerful, that it, it breaks the cedars into pieces, that it, it strikes with flashes of lightning, that it shakes the desert, it twists the oaks and strips the forests bare. When the Lord speaks, stuff happens and that stuff can be destructive. Now, the Lord's voice has the power to destroy physical things like trees and it has the ability to even shake the desert because his voice can destroy pretty much, it can destroy anything in its path. And when we open the Bible and we read about the way that God desires for us to live, we read about the countercultural mandates from the voice of the creator of the universe. Not just trees are liable to destruction. Our self-assuredness, our self-reliance, our self-pity are all very much vulnerable to being destroyed when the Lord speaks. When we think too highly of ourselves, the Lord's voice teaches us pretty quickly that we are made of dust and to dust we shall return. When we rely on our own strength, the Lord's voice teaches us that he not only created us and everything in all of creation, but he sustains us as well. He provides the air which we breathe and the food and the water that sustain our bodies. And when we think too lowly of ourselves, when we, when we live in self-pity, the Lord's voice shows us that he was willing to send his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world. He shows us that he was willing to subjugate himself to human flesh so that he could live without sin and be the ultimate sacrifice that we needed because of the debt of sin that we had accrued so that we could be free from our sin through his blood and live eternally with the Father. See, when Jesus took our place on the cross, God demonstrated the endless lengths he is willing to go to to demonstrate his love for us, to demonstrate that we are worth more than we could ever dare imagine, not because of what we're capable of, but because of what he has done for us. The voice of the Lord shines light on our habits, our addictions, our sin. Things that may have given us comfort in the past, when the Lord speaks, that they no longer make us feel quite so alive. The voice of the Lord, his word, tells us that true life, the life of grace, forgiveness, and unimaginable, unconditional love is found not in the things of this world, but in the life, death, and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. When God speaks, stuff can hit the fan. And when we open His Word, His living and active Word, and we listen to His voice, stuff happens. We've looked at the way that it was frightening, 
the way that it can destroy, and now we're going to look at the way that it transforms. Verse 10 says this in Psalm 29. It says, The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Hebrew word for flood here is mabul, which is only used one other time in the entire Old Testament. And that one other time is Genesis 6, 17. That's in the middle of the story of Noah's Ark, which for some reason we love to teach to our children in Sunday school. When God tells Noah to gather up his family and two of every kind of animal on the planet because he's going to send a flood, Mabul, to destroy the world. Because the people of the world have already gone astray from God's intended purpose. And now, spoiler alert, the flood does destroy everything, but God doesn't just destroy for the heck of it. After the flood, God tells Noah to be fruitful and to increase in number in the world. And so while destruction can certainly be devastating, and we need to only open the newspaper and read about the hundreds of fires blazing across our state, it can also lead to new life. Claire and I, uh, a few years ago, took our honeymoon in Vancouver. Absolutely beautiful. And while we were there, we go up on this ridiculously cool hike. We're way up in the mountains. We're going through this amazing natural area. We got suspension bridges, huge trees, rivers running through the whole deal. It's awesome. And now I'm pretty stubborn. And so when Claire said, hey, we should go on this free nature walk led by a park ranger, I said, absolutely not. And so fast forward, we're, of course, on the free nature walk with the park ranger. And now I'm stubborn, as I said, and so I would never tell her But I loved it because of one particular tree that we learned about and that we were taught about on this nature walk, okay? So this particular tree, it's chock full of sap. And the bark on the outside of the tree, it's layered with holes that are made from bugs and woodpeckers just having at it, right? So there's these holes, there's a sap. When a fire begins in and around these trees, the sap reaches a boiling point, sort of like a a tea kettle on the stove, and it shoots out of the tree in those little holes made by bugs and birds, and the sap is ignited by the blaze and becomes like a liquid fire, and it sets all the underbrush in the forest on fire. After that burns... It's destructive. The soil is made fresh once more. After it burns, new seeds can fall. They can germinate. And ultimately, they can grow. Destruction. New life. When we open God's word and we hear the voice of the Lord, it can be destructive. And that destruction can be 
painful. There, there might be a lot of underbrush that we've been carrying around for a very long time. But in its place is new life. Life to the full, life as God intended. Jesus says in Matthew 16, 25, he says that for whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. Friends, Jesus went to the cross for the sins of the world. And through his blood outpoured and our belief in him as our Lord and Savior, we are forgiven of our sins and given new life. And we grow in that new life when we listen to the voice of the Lord as he speaks to us through his word. The voice of the Lord can destroy, but it can and will, it will bring transformation and in transformation, new life. I'll give the last word uh, to Corey Ten Boom. She wrote The Hiding Place, among many other books. She, she traveled the world as a speaker and as an author. Her family uh, protected and harbored Jews during German occupation of the Netherlands in World War II. And Corey and much of her family were sent to concentration camps because of helping Jews during World War II and because of their resistance to the Nazi regime, the Nazi occupation in the Netherlands. In her memoir, she writes of her time in the concentration camps. And she said this, she said, It grew harder and harder. Even within these four walls, there was too much misery, too much seemingly pointless suffering. Every day, something else failed to make sense. Something else grew too heavy. Will you carry this too, Lord Jesus? But as the rest of the world grew stranger, one thing became increasingly clear. And that was the reason the two of us were here. Why others should suffer, we were not shown. As for us, from morning until lights out, whenever we were not in ranks for roll call, our Bible was the center of an ever-widening circle of help and hope. Like waifs clustered around a blazing fire, we gathered about it, holding our hearts to its warmth and light. The blacker the night around us grew, the brighter and truer and more beautiful burned the word of God. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Nay, in all these things... We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Verse 11 of Psalm 29 says, The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Friends, the voice of the Lord, it can be frightening. It can be destructive, but it is ultimately transformational. And when the Lord speaks, stuff happens. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.